let's just lift our hands and welcome the Holy Spirit here. Obviously, He's here already. But let's just welcome here, Him here right now. Stretch out your hands and just welcome the Holy Spirit. This is the series on the gifts of the Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Just ask Him to fill you right now. The Spirit of God. Thank you, Father. Fall afresh on me, Lord. Fall afresh in this place today. Father, we thank you for the gifts of the Spirit. The tools to do the job, Lord, to break through, Father God. In Jesus' name. Therefore, we, before we even talk about the gifts of the Spirit, we want to talk about the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We make room for you, Father God, in every area of our lives, Lord. Just begin to worship Him out of your Spirit right now. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we're nothing without the Spirit. We're nothing without the Holy Spirit. We don't want to keep moving forward without the Holy Spirit. Lord, it's a divine partnership. Lord, we want to be hand in hand with you. Lord. We want to be moving forward at your pace, not too far in front of you, not behind you, but Father, side by side, moving together, Father God, being effective in Jesus' name. Father God, in our families, in our workplaces, Lord, in every aspect of our lives, we want to just invite you to come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray right throughout this series on the gifts of the Spirit, we pray that gifts of healings, working of miracles, supernatural faith, Lord God, discerning of spirits, Lord God, and motives of the heart, Lord God. We ask you in the name of Jesus, all these will be manifested, Lord, not just here on the platform, but right there in the congregation, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you today for the 10 people that responded to you this morning at the 11, Lord God, how you've been moving by your spirit and convicting people and changing people, Father, because of the word. And we ask you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, you'll come and you'll change us, mold us, give us a new heart and a new spirit. In Jesus' name, as I was praying before the service, I believe that God wants to give you a new heart. If that's you, just lift your hand in this place there. He wants to give you a new heart. I don't know what that means to you, but as I begin to sense that God in this place there wants to heal your heart. He wants to heal your heart give you a new heart, a new spirit. And maybe is that what it means to you right now? That Lord, you've been operating out of the old things and life has been a struggle. But God wants to revive you in your heart today. He wants to give you a brand new heart. And with that brand new heart, new life is going to come. Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus that you would release new life, new life, new life, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, as Colin often says, Lord, that the ministry is being offered to the saints. You place in the ministry in the hands of ordinary believers. And therefore, we pray in the name of Jesus with this new heart, Lord, the gifts of the Spirit will be offered to every believer in the name of Jesus, according to what the Holy Spirit wills. We pray in the name of Jesus that every one of us in this place today would start to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. We pray, Father God, that you'll sanctify this series, Lord God, this teaching. And Lord, we pray that every one of us in this place today would be stirred by faith to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. As the Spirit wills, we say, Holy Spirit, use us. Lift your hands in this place today and ask Him, Lord, use me. Use me, Lord. Use me to give a word in season, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. 
use me in healing, Father, to minister. Whoever I lay my hands on would receive a healing. Father, show me how to get a miracle, to work a miracle, Lord. Give me instructions, Lord God. Lord, we pray, release, Lord, the anointing, Father God, over your church, Lord, over your people, Father. I sense in this place today that God wants you to step up. God wants you to step up and expect Him for great things. If that's you, just lift your hand right now. God's calling you to step up. You're on the pinnacle of a breakthrough. Praise talked about it last week, but it's specific to you. You're on the pinnacle of a breakthrough and you just need to step up, step up by faith and start to step out by faith in the name of Jesus. And you will get the breakthrough. Now you might say, well, I don't know what the breakthrough is, but God knows what the breakthrough is and He has good things for you. When you step up, I tell you, you're gonna know God has caused you to break through. In Jesus' name. And we are, we are believing for you to break through in the gifts of the Spirit. People are here today. God wants you to break through in preaching and teaching. He wants you to go to a new level of ministry in your group, in your discipleship group. He wants you to step up. He wants you to step up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I just had a picture of someone stepping up on a podium to receive a gold medal, to receive a silver medal receive a bronze medal you need to step up to receive the medal that God has for you you need to step up to receive that authority you need to step up in the name of Jesus and expect him in the name of Jesus but those medals are there those achievements are there those rewards are there that ministry is there just step up in the name of Jesus step up in prayer step up in expecting God Father we thank you in the name of Jesus Thank you, Lord God. Now, I want to pray for someone who you've got a, either a click in your neck or a pain in your neck. If that's you, just give me a wave. You've got a pain in your neck. You're struggling with a stiff neck. If that's you, just come out of your seat right now. Those people out of your seat, come forward right now. That's it, lady there. Lift your hand quickly. Those who lift your hand, come forward right now. In the name of Jesus, come right to the front. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Now, as people are coming forward, I don't know if you need a healing in your body, but you just lift your hand right now while the healing anointing is moving. Come right to the front right now, right where I am, hallelujah. Thank you, and just lift your hand right now. Put your hand on the part that's sick right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God. Lift your hand if you need a healing in your body. The Holy Spirit knows no distance, and as His presence is here right now, you just receive a healing right now in your body. You receive a healing in your body right now. In the name of Jesus, I command that pain to go right now. Looser and let it go right now in the name of Jesus. That's it. Be healed right now. Be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. Go. Go. Go in the name of Jesus. Pain, come out in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you. Looser right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Receive right now. I just remove you. How's your neck feeling? The pain is gone. Thank you, Jesus. How long did you have that pain? Where's she gone? Don't run away. Come. How long did you have that pain for? This morning you felt that stiffness? Since yesterday. Praise the Lord. Let's give Jesus praise right now. How about you? Thank you, Jesus. Now you just, just receive 
Should we say, bring that lady back, bring that lady back. Just tell us what just happened to you right now. You had two, had two operations. Two operations, a disc replacement, yeah. and my spine's been crumbling in, in the back of my neck, right. and it feels good. It feels good. Hallelujah. Amen. You. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Let's just pray. Father, we praise you for this miracle right now. This pain is gone, and we believe you for a reordering of this back in the name of Jesus, and this spine, that you would complete the work that you've started in the name of Jesus. A total reconstruction, says the Lord, in Jesus' name. Receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Let's give Jesus praise for that. Hallelujah. God's touching people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, receive your healing right now. Receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Oh, Luther right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Just receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Just lift your hands right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank God. Lord, we can't force these things to happen. It's by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And we just pray right now that the dove of God would come and rest on every person here today in the name of Jesus. As I gave that word, I believe that that was a word that God spoke to me this year about how sensitive we need to become to the Holy Spirit. And there might be areas of our lives where we've caused the Holy Spirit to fly away and Scott mentioned in his prayer offenses and we've taught on offense and maybe it was that we did the series on offense just for you because you've been struggling with these issues but it doesn't need to be offense it could be other areas of your life where the Holy Spirit is saying you know what you need to fix that area of your life and I'll come back just lift your hands right now and just welcome the Holy Spirit back into your life because without the Holy Spirit we can't operate in his gifts we need Him. We need Him and we need His presence in order to operate in the gifts. And it's to do with the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And unless the heart is right, the gifts will not flow in the way that God wants them to flow. But Father God, we ask You in the name of Jesus today that You would forgive us our sins, Lord. Pray for every person here today who doesn't know You that today they will be born again. But for us who are here today, we ask You to give us a new heart and a new spirit, Lord. Revive us, Father God. Refresh us and renew us, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. We can't operate in someone else's gift, but we can operate in the gifts that you have asked us to operate in. So, Father, release your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give Jesus praise right now. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you, team. Let's give it up for the band. Awesome sense of God and flowing with the Spirit. Let's turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to be focusing today on the series as we've prayed about already, the gifts of the Spirit. And um, it's good to see God moving. And uh, the lady there, if you want to just come and after the service, just give you a testimony and we'll pray for you again. And the ladies who've received a miracle, we just want to hear about what God is doing. And Daniel Perez, one of the people in our church, the pastor's ministry, he's taken testimonies for revival times. And we just want to hear what God is doing. And maybe you didn't get healed in the service today, but you got healed before. And we want to hear about that. Or maybe you got saved recently and you want to give testimony. Come and come and see us at the end of the service as well. The gifts of the Spirit. Let's uh, turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're not going to just read it together from verses 1 to verses 11. 
Father God, as we come to your word right now, we pray in the name of Jesus for wisdom and understanding. And we ask you in Jesus' name, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you reveal to us what it is to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We pray, Father God, in Jesus' name, that as we prayed already, that Lord God, you'll anoint this message and this sharing, Father God, on what the word of wisdom is about. We pray that each of us who need wisdom, we ask you, according to James 1, verse 5, where we ask you for wisdom, Father God, if we're lacking. So Lord, we ask you in this place for wisdom in Jesus' name. Father God, we ask you, just as Solomon asked you, for divine wisdom and general wisdom to make every decision in every situation of our lives. But Lord, we know the word of wisdom is a specific word concerning our future from you. So Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that you would release words of wisdom in the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. There are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are diversity of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversity of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit, and to another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles to another prophecy, and to another discernment of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. I don't know about you, but my first experience concerning the, the gifts of the spirit was in my, my home church in the northeast of England. And um, most of the gifts of the spirit that we'd saw back then didn't include the first uh, seven, but maybe the 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 eighth and the ninth, which is the tongues, the different kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And this is kind of what we see in Pentecostal churches these days. Now, my experience was quite simple. At 11.15, the service started at 10.30, but at 11.15, every week, somebody would stand up, and it was often the same lady. In fact, nine times out of ten, it was the same lady who would stand up in one side of the church, and she would start to speak in tongues. Anybody experience that? Somebody just stands up in the church and they begin to speak in tongues. And then it seemed to me as a child that the same gentleman on the other side of the church would stand up and he would give the interpretation. And this would happen at 11.15 every Sunday. It seemed like God, the only time God spoke in tongues through somebody and interpreted was at 11.15 every week on a Sunday morning. Now, I don't know about you, but you know what? I desire more than that. Hallelujah. And also, we're a bit more mature enough to know that God doesn't do the same things over and over again. He does different things. And often, that message that I experienced was the same message every week. Thus says the Lord, God wants to move in this place. Well, he said that last week. Isn't he moving yet? You know, and these are the kind of things that you experienced. Now, if you notice that it says there are different kinds of tongues. I remember, you know, sometimes you can you know, just accept the form that somebody tells you. When I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and prayed for, and me and my brother, they would have a queue, Pentecostal style, a queue down the line, and the pastor would pray for every single person, and they would fall down. Now, we've experienced that in KT, where Colin's done that, and that's fine, and people receive the gift of tongues. Well, as I was a child, I began to hear everybody else speaking in tongues. 
And so the pastor laid hands on me and my brother started to speak in tongues and I started to speak in tongues and I just begin to think, how come my tongue begins to sound like the other person who, who, who's speaking in tongues as well as a child? And often the word was Shandai, hallelujah. Shandai this, Shandai that, hallelujah. Shalai this, Shalai that. And I remember speaking to the gentleman who prayed for me, received tongues, and he just says, you just, just keep repeating it. Just re- keep, keep repeating it. And I said, well, how come it sounds like the other person down there? Oh, well, if you think you sounds like the other person, that's the devil just telling you that you haven't received it. Well, as a child, I began to recognize that it did sound, and also I was just copying. I had received something of the Holy Spirit, but maybe it's not the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you today, when God is truly operating, he will give you the genuine thing. Hallelujah. Amen. Someone doesn't have to say, oh, don't worry, the devil may be lying to you. Listen, if you've received the Holy Spirit, you will know that you've received the Holy Spirit. And if you've received a word from the Spirit of God, as he wills, not just by us stirring up, you will know that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are operating in your life. That was my first experience of the gifts of the Spirit. Now you've got nine gifts here, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, faith, discernment of spirits, healing, working of miracles, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Now tongues is different kinds of tongues. So if you're in this place today and you've been speaking in one tongue for for a good five years, you need to get another tongue. Hallelujah. Amen. Because when you're praying, it's a prayer language and God can give you different dialects, different languages and different modes of prayer. Sometimes people here in the church can can be speaking in a language, but when they change languages and they receive a gift, a, a different kind of tongue, often it's to pray for a nation or a specific people group and God can give them a burden. Now you need to be praying, if you've been stuck on one prayer language for all of your Christian life, you need to start praying and asking God for something new, hallelujah. Amen? I don't hear an amen. Amen? And I believe there'll be a breakthrough that happens, and often people don't receive this new, different kind of tongue because they don't pray pray more than one hour. If you don't pray more than one hour or two hours, often the Holy Spirit starts to be released in revival when you've broken through in prayer. And when you've broken through in prayer, you now start to pray not out of your head, but out of your heart, out of your spirit, according to what the Holy Spirit wants you to pray about. And then often the Holy Spirit is manifested and he will give you a new prayer language or a different mode of prayer to start to get the breakthrough that you need. How many people need a breakthrough here today? We need a breakthrough. Praise has been speaking about that last week, about breakthrough. Colin went into this year, our senior minister, talking about breakthrough. How are you going to get a breakthrough? Well, you're going to have to pray according to what the Holy Spirit's agenda is. Not our mind, not our emotions, not our feelings, but actually grabbing hold of the Holy Spirit and saying, Holy Spirit, give me the gifts. Now, these gifts of the Spirit are the toolkit, God's toolkit. Now, Yesterday, I was trying to get the cap off my car uh, to put the oil change in. How many people know that we need an oil change in our Christian life? Hallelujah. We need to be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. I couldn't get the oil in, so the light's on. It's been there the whole day, and I'm not really particularly worried, but Torin's really getting worried, saying we should change the oil quickly. We don't know what's going to happen to the car. Well, I couldn't get the cap off. So what I said was knock on the neighbor's house and see if he can do it, and uh, he couldn't do it manually with his hand so he went in and he got a pair of pliers and he grabbed hold of the cap and he twisted it and straight away guess what the cap came off hallelujah now it's the same with God he's given us the gifts of the Holy Spirit to get the specific breakthroughs in our personal life as well as in our ministry life of the things he wants us to do we see that on mission as well and you see this in the life of Jesus how Jesus would preach the gospel 
And often, he wouldn't heal everybody, but he would heal a specific person. That specific person would get healed and everybody would be amazed at that miracle. Now, why would Jesus do that? Why would people be in awe of a miracle? Why? Because he was using the gifts of the Spirit of healing and working of miracles to point to a greater person, and that was God the Father. Hallelujah. To point to the kingdom of God. There were manifestations of the kingdom of God. And so I want to tell you today that the gifts of the Spirit are there to bring glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. They're there to bring glory to God. They're not there to be worshipped. Now, in Pentecostal circles, sometimes we worship the gift. Now, if you'd ever say a service is powerful, you, you would say, well, the Holy Spirit moved. Well, how do you know the Holy Spirit? Well, people fell down. It was a powerful service. Or the Holy Spirit moved. Someone got here, they couldn't walk, and wow, they got healed. The service was powerful. Or you felt the Holy Spirit moving. But often we say services are powerful. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit are in operation. Now, if we're going to get breakthrough, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to do it. Now, if you want to study further about the gifts of the Spirit in general, because I want to start focusing on the word of wisdom, get Lester Sumrall's book, uh, The Gifts of the Holy Spirit, and it's down there in the bookshop. Or you can get the book that Reinhard Bonker wrote on the mighty manifestations of the Holy Spirit if you want to study in greater detail. I want to give you a few principles and rules regarding the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Notice it's as the Spirit wills, not as we will. You know, some people believe that, you know, you're often anointed in a particular gift and it looks like the person switches on prophecy and he switches off prophecy. Now, the effects of the gifts of the Spirit are to do when the Holy Spirit wills. We're not turning it on, we're not turning it off. It's the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit can come upon us as in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit come upon people and they would begin to prophesy. When the Holy Spirit didn't come on people, they wouldn't prophesy. So it's when the Holy Spirit wills. We kind of turn it off, on and off like a tap. We do not worship the gifts, but we worship the giver of those gifts. Hallelujah, amen. So let's not detract from worshiping God. If there is a gift of the Holy Spirit operating, and as in this place today and also next week, uh, by faith when Jonathan comes, the word of knowledge, amen. Amen, is he there? Hallelujah. We're gonna give God glory, hallelujah. We're gonna glorify Jesus because the gifts of the Spirit are pointing towards him. Not every one of us will operate in nine gifts. Sometimes we think that everyone's going to operate in nine gifts. It's when the Holy Spirit wills. Now, you may not be operating in the gift of the word of knowledge right now, but I tell you, when the Holy Spirit wills, he'll give you a word of knowledge. When you need that gift, he will give you a word of knowledge. It's not the gift of wisdom, but the word of wisdom. And I want us to move forward right now to talk specifically about the word of wisdom. Now, people think sometimes it's the gift of wisdom. Now, it's not the gift of wisdom, but the gift of the word. Everybody say word. The word of wisdom. So Solomon prayed for wisdom, general wisdom, and God gave him general wisdom. We all know the story when a child had passed away and the mother, another mother had stolen someone else's child. And they, they went to Solomon and didn't know what to do. So he made a wise choice and he got a sword out and he's about to kill the baby. Because one lady was saying, that's my boy. And the other lady was saying, now that's my boy. And Solomon didn't know what to do. But he received general wisdom and made a, a strong decision. He was about to kill the baby. And straight away, the mother whose child that was, she said, you know what? Just give it to the other person. Give, give the boy. And he knew straight away, that's the mother 
And he made an amazing decision. Everybody was standing in awe of Solomon. But Solomon had general wisdom. James 1 verse 5 says, if you want general wisdom, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Ask God for general wisdom. And then Proverbs chapter 4 talks about how wisdom, God's wisdom, created the whole world. Now, we're just not talking about general wisdom. We're talking about the specific word of wisdom. Now, the word of wisdom is a specific word about future things. The future things concerning the will of God in your life. By the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Kenneth Hagin says, it is the revealing of the prophetic future under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now, you might think, well, I never knew that. I thought wisdom was different. Well, it's concerning the future of your life. Now, how many people want to know about God's future concerning their lives? Every one of us here today want to know about God's specific future for our lives. Remember when John Glass came here and he said, you know what I want to be, where I want to be? I want to be in the center of God's will. I want to do what God's called me to do. I don't know if you've seen that movie, God's Not Dead. I've seen it yesterday. I encourage you guys to go and see it as a Christian movie. But it's all about a young boy rising up and defending his faith. Now, every one of us need to rise up and defend our faith, don't we? And how are we going to do that? By God giving us a specific word of wisdom. Now, I remember when somebody rose up in church and gave me a word of wisdom. Somebody might have given you a word of wisdom. And uh, I remember praying. I was uh, only 16 years old and I was praying to God as the Holy Spirit moved throughout the churches. Anybody heard of the Toronto Blessing? The Toronto Blessing? Anybody awake? Anybody got a tired arm or need healing in the arm? Hallelujah. The Toronto Blessing. Now, it seemed to me that in those days, the Holy Spirit was not in the church. Somebody made a quote and said, if the Holy Spirit left the church, the church would just go on and do the same thing as if nothing happened. So it seemed to me that the Holy Spirit started falling on the church and people start falling over and laughing and people start receiving visions and revelations. And I remember it awakened me, it awakened something in me, a desire for the Holy Spirit, a desire to, to be used by God. And I remember praying a prayer and we were doing what we call evenings of prayer in our youth group back then. And I remember praying a prayer and saying, God, you know what I really, what I really want is a vision from you. I want a vision of heaven. Anybody prayed a prayer like that? I want to see Jesus. Now, as I prayed this prayer in my private time, I saw one of my friends and I had compassion on him and I just said, you know what, Lord? I was so full of the Holy Spirit's joy. I was laughing and I said, Lord, just give him what I was desiring. Now, I don't know why I prayed that prayer, but in the Holy Spirit, I said, give him, Lord, what, what I'm desiring. I started laughing. He started laughing. He fell over. Anyway, about an hour later, it seemed that he was having a vision. Now, he was here in the natural. He hadn't disappeared and went to heaven or anything like that. He was in his physical body, but right there, his eyes were open, but he was seeing a vision of Jesus. And right there and then, he was, he was saying, what's happening to you? He says, I'm with Jesus. And what's Jesus showing you? And as he began to tell us, Jesus was showing him specific things. There was about 30 people left in the church. Now, revival often happens, and God visits the church when everybody else has left the building. And the, only the hungry people are left. There's only about 20, 30 people left. And, and what happened was this young guy, he started, so we asked him, what is Jesus showing you? And he started to give everybody a word of wisdom concerning the future of their lives. And there were seven specific people in that prayer meeting, in that little meeting after the service, who are ministers today. And he began to prophesy over them and say, listen, this is where God's going to place you. God's going to put you in Australia. And you're going to go to Bible school. And this is what's going to happen in your life. And he began to say specifically the future concerning people's lives. That's a word of wisdom. 
And he said to, to my life, I was only 16, and he said, you know what? Pointed to me, and he said, God is going to use you. A little, a little bit in England, and you, you'll be used in England, but God's going to use you in the, in the rest of the world. And he started to name specific places that I would go to. Now, at that point, I couldn't even speak in public. I wasn't confident. I wasn't leading service. I was only 15, 16-year-old. And so that was a word of wisdom concerning my future. Now, some of you might have received some words similar to that. That was my first experience You know, when we think about the word of wisdom concerning future things, we often think about the prophets of the Old Testament. They would prophesy concerning the future of Israel. What was that? It was a word of wisdom that the prophet was given. Now, prophecy was the vehicle by which the word of wisdom was operating. But prophecy wasn't the word of wisdom, and word of wisdom isn't prophecy. They're, They're different. Prophecy in 1 Corinthians 14, let's turn over there, 1 Corinthians 14 is different to wisdom. Wisdom is revelation concerning the future, and prophecy, as it says in 1 Corinthians 14, is edification. It says here, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. In verse three, he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Now these prophets would speak encouragement to Israel, edification in the New Testament. They would edify and encourage people, but how would God release the word of wisdom through prophecy? Through prophecy. For example, you may ride in an automobile, but that doesn't make you an automobile. In other words, sometimes a word of wisdom is conveyed through a vehicle of prophecy. But it really isn't a prophecy of itself. It is a word of wisdom. In other words, prophecy can just be the vehicle through which the word of wisdom comes. So often we think in the Old Testament when prophets are speaking about the future and, and, and giving words to people and what God's going to do in their lives, we often think that's a, a prophecy. But actually, it's a revelation concerning someone's future. And in that, it is a word of wisdom. Now, the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge operate simultaneously. Anybody experienced that? You'll see sometimes Colin, our senior minister, comes up here and he'll give a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. Almost simultaneously, it'll say, there's someone here today who has a pain in the back. And and the person will stand up and and then it will release a a word of wisdom concerning that situation. And sometimes the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge are operating together. The word of wisdom is slightly different. Now, Jonathan's going to cover this next week. The word of wisdom is about facts that exist. It's talking about specific facts. So a back pain, a leg pain, or something like that. But a a prophecy is encouragement, but a word of wisdom is, you know, in a week's time, I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and your leg is going to be completely healed. That's a word of wisdom right there. And we've seen that as words are being given. Some people, the Holy Spirit's come upon them and they're being completely healed. Daniel was operating in a word of wisdom when he prophesied about the Persian Empire and the Greek Empire and the Roman Empire. Joseph had a a dream in Genesis 37 and God revealed to him his whole life. Often a word of wisdom doesn't just operate through the mouth. God can reveal to you in a vision or a dream wisdom for your life. And what happened to Joseph? We know what happened to him. How he told his brothers ended up in a pit and then ended up in in Pharaoh's palace, and God had fulfilled a dream. And often God reveals dreams to our lives about what he wants to do in our lives. Now, the word of wisdom is broken up into two words. The word word 
There is the word logos in the Greek. It means a word or to it's speech or divine utterance. We know that Jesus is the logos of God. We know that the word created the world. It's that word logos. Now there's a difference between logos and rhema. Rhema is a specific word from God, but here it means it's the logos, the logos, the written word of God. And then the word wisdom is Sophia or Sophia, and it means wisdom, insight, skill, or intelligence. Intelligence. So you could say that it's revealing the prophetic future under the anointing of God, prophetic intelligence, prophetic insight, and skill, anointing someone in skill. Now I want us to turn over to some examples now, Acts chapter 9 and verse 10. Here in the New Testament, you see the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge operating in the life of the disciples. And the first person that we're going to talk about today is Ananias. Here in the book of Acts chapter 9, you see the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom operating together. It says there in verse 10, now let's read it together. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. I want to say something about that today, because it says no one can operate in the gifts of the Spirit unless he first says, Jesus is Lord. Amen? No one can operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Now, we know that the devil has other ways of operating in other types of spirits. People telling future, palm readers and fortune tellers and things like that. We're not talking about that today. Because no one can operate in the things of God except by the Spirit of God. And you can't operate in the, in the gifts of the Spirit unless you first surrender your life to Jesus and say, Jesus is Lord. Amen. And I think that's also true, that if you want to break through in the gifts of the Spirit, you need to check your heart and say, God, you know what? Give me the right heart. Because often people, they want a ministry. They want to go places. They want to be somewhere great. And they want to give words of knowledge and, and things like that, like Benny Hinn and dress in a cream suit. I didn't have the rest of the cream suit on today, but I tried my best to wear, wear this jacket so I could flow in the anointing. They, they want to be like that. But it's not that, is it? It's having the right heart and the right motive, asking God. That it's not about showing off. It's about people's lives are at stake. People need to be saved. People need to be healed so that Jesus is revealed to them. So the first thing Ananias says, he says, here I am, Lord. And so the Lord said to him, so God is looking for people who are available. Hallelujah. Are you available to him today? Are you available to operate in the things of God? So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire to the house of Judas of one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming and put his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias, Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done for your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. So the first word here was a word of knowledge. Why was it a word of knowledge? Because God revealed to Ananias some facts and a person, a specific person who is dwelling there at the time, Saul of Tarsus. And where did God say he was? He was in a street called Straight. He showed him what, what was happening and he showed him the word of knowledge. Now, what was Ananias supposed to do with that word of knowledge? He, he goes on to say, but Lord, Lord, he's given authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. So he's a little concerned. Then if he goes uh, to this house, Ananias is going to be arrested. Now, anybody want to be arrested for, for Jesus in this place today? 
I remember when I was going out and preaching in Leicester Square and they were closing us down. I said, hey, I don't mind being arrested to Jesus. Amen? Because there's a, there's a radical level, level uh, of experiencing the things, especially when you're radical for God and you're filled with the Spirit, you don't fear anything. When the anointing lifts off you and then you think about going to prison, that's when you get worried. That's when you get worried. You think, why did I ever say that? I don't want to be arrested. But the Lord said to him, go for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my namesake. So two things of the word of wisdom that were revealed to Ananias. Number one, he is my chosen servant. The reason I've given you the word of knowledge here is because I'm now giving you a word of wisdom and I've got a call upon Saul's life and he is my chosen servant. And secondly, God gives him another word of wisdom and says, listen, he's going to suffer for my namesake. Now, many of us here today would love to receive the first word, wouldn't we? We'd love to receive the first word. Just call you up, brother, and say, hey, God is going to use you in the world of business. And God's going to use you. He's going to prosper you. He's going to give you five houses. We could say that. Amen. Hallelujah. And you say, amen, brother. That's awesome. Hallelujah. And it's all future. It's a word of wisdom. But the Lord says, with those five houses, there's going to be a lot of suffering. And you say, hmm, not sure about that word. But here it is in the word, every one of us. Now, this is cultural, isn't it? In Pentecostal circles, we often get the good word, but we don't get the bad word. And often when we leave the service, we say, you know what? You know, the scriptures just say detest things. Because I can hear from God as well as Pastor Colin can hear from God. And he said to me that I'm going to be used by God. So I accept that bit of the word. But he also said I'm going through a time of testing. I reject that in the name of Jesus. Because we believe that we can also hear from God. So we make a decision. But here it is in the Bible right now, isn't it? He says God's chosen him. And we know through the scriptures that the rest rest of Acts from this point of view was all about Paul. Saul's name was changed to Paul. It was all about Apostle Paul. And then all the epistles that were written, who were they written by? By Paul. And how did he write them? Through suffering, through trial, through testing. But God gave him great victories as well. So the word was true. This was a a word of wisdom. And Ananias went his way and entered the house, laying his hands on him. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road to Damascus has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once and he rose up and was baptized. So he had received food. When he received food, he was strengthened. And then Saul spent some days with the disciples of Damascus and immediately he preached to Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Well, I'm amazed by this story because it all starts with Ananias' availability. Now, Bruce was speaking uh, last week about revival. How many of us here today want revival? We're praying for revival. Now, revival's great. I don't know what you picture revival looking like. People outside of the 2.30 service of balcony packed out or something like that. People dropping like flies in the anointing at the bus stop, begging to give give their lives to Jesus, whatever you picture revival. But revival is messy. But often we want revival, we pray about revival, but often we're not ready for revival because we're not available just to do the simple things in church. Simple things like cleaning and serving as a steward, welcoming people, um, like consolidation. How many people love consolidation? 
You know, if you've been in KT a while, you'll know that you probably consolidated about 10 or 20 people, and it's very difficult to get people consolidated because often people come forward and lift their hand in an RT Kendall message, you know, and then you call them and they don't even pick up the telephone. And so it's discouraging, so you might have got discouraged, and now you've reached the point where you're simply not available anymore. You're not available. God's wanting to use you. Now, the breakthrough happens and God uses Ananias and the gifts of the Spirit and the gift of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. Why? Because he's simply available. Amen. That's the first thing I want to tell you today. If you want to move in these supernatural gifts and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you have got to be available. And you've also got to be hungry. Now, he's, he's fearful. Now, God knows that you're insecure. You're struggling with fears. Because if God tells you to go and pray for a woman or a man in a wheelchair, I mean, suddenly if you're not in the spirit, you're going to be very worried. If you are in the spirit, you're still going to be worried. Apart from the worry, he's not going to be affecting you. Now, what do you need to do in order to pull someone out of wheel? You need to hear from God, but you need to be available. The person is never going to be healed unless you step out by faith and actually pray for them. Now, Sometimes we've got it wrong, isn't it? We've taught people, you can just lay your hands on anybody and they'll get healed. Well, that's not true, is it? Because God heals people, specific people, and sometimes he doesn't heal others. We know it's his will to heal everyone. But for some reason, healing or the healing anointing or the gift of healing or the word of wisdom to heal that person, the working of miracles, to work a miracle, you don't have the wisdom or you don't have the instruction, you don't have God's word concerning the future of their lives and you're just there operating in yourself. Now yourself is not going to get the breakthrough, is it? It's when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I was telling the students in the week about the story of Gene Neal. Anybody heard the story of Gene Neal? Uh, Reinhard Bonker was in a campaign in Birmingham, I think it was, and Gene Neal was in a wheelchair for a very, very long time. I think it was over 10 years, and she was believing God for her healing. Now she was hungry. She was going for it, and she had a dream. A word of wisdom, you could say. A revelation of the future. And in that dream, she saw Reinhard Bonker get off the stage and pick her out of the wheelchair. And she was running around the, the, the whole of the NEC. She had a vision. Now, before the service, Reinhard was praying for miracles. And he also had a vision. And guess what he saw in the vision? He saw in a vision him getting off the platform. He saw a lady, Jean Neal, in the wheelchair, and God showed him, he said, what I want you to do is pull that lady out of the wheelchair, she's going to be healed, and she's going to run around the building, and it's going to be awesome. Now, to that point, Reinhard hadn't saw a breakthrough miracle. Now, here in this book of Acts, here, in Acts chapter 9, it's a breakthrough. God has an agenda. He's given the gifts of the Spirit. Why? Because he's got a destiny for Saul. And he's also got an Ananias who's available, and the breakthrough happens because immediately... Saul preaches and there's a breakthrough. People are now getting saved. Why? Through Saul and churches are being planted. I mean, the whole of Northern Africa has been reached in Southern Europe through one man, Paul, because he's training people. A breakthrough has happened. Now, Reinhard's available. He's praying. God, I want to see a miracle. Jean Neal, she obviously wants to be healed. She's been, she'd had many people praying for her. Anyway, the service is going on. Reinhard never met this lady before. He's in the service. And straight away in the middle of the service at the end, he sees this woman. This woman, Jean Neal, who he saw in a vision, God has shown him already what he's going to do. So he, he has to be available, number one. 
Then number two, he has to get off the platform and go down. And number three, he's got to lift this woman out of the wheelchair in the name of Jesus. Now God's revealed it to him, but he's got to do it. So he's available. He goes down and that's exactly what happens. She sees him, he sees her, he pulls her out of the wheelchair and bang, she's healed. It's off. Straight away, straight away, bang, she's healed and she's running around, running around the venue. And everybody in the United Kingdom, all the churches, they're all here about how Reinhard Bonker prayed for this lady and she was pulled out of a wheelchair. But how was she pulled out of a wheelchair? Did Reinhard pull her out of the wheelchair? I mean, did Reinhard pull her out of the wheelchair? No, God had a word of wisdom for Reinhard. God had a word of wisdom for Jean Neal. And that word of wisdom produced an action that produced a miracle, hallelujah. Because God said, this is my agenda. My agenda is to heal this woman. She needs a miracle. My agenda is to break through in your ministry because it was a specific breakthrough for Reinhard and his ministry and his ministry increased in miracles from that moment. And so God was revealing to it. Now, we can't operate in the gifts of the Spirit without the Holy Spirit, amen? But I want to tell you today, just simply be available. Shall we all stand right now? Time has gone and hopefully you've been encouraged today. There's many other examples I could have used today about the word of wisdom. Well, firstly, I just want you to lift your hands and just ask God that he would give you the wisdom concerning your future in the name of Jesus. Now, I don't know how it's going to happen. Your cell leader could prophesy over you and be used in a word of wisdom. Your parents could do it. Someone could call you. You know, God could reveal in a dream or a vision, give you wisdom concerning your life. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'll leave in the name of Jesus. If you're available, it will happen in the name of Jesus. And if you want God to use you to heal people and to touch people, then you just need to be available. So let's lift our hands right now in this place today. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. It's not as we will. It's not hype, but it's as the Holy Spirit wills. Right now in this place today, firstly, we surrender to you. Now just surrender to him in your own heart. We surrender to you. No one can operate in the gifts of the Spirit unless we say Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Everybody say that in your breath right now. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. Lord, I'm available. Say that to me. Lord, I'm available. I'm available. I'm available to be used by you. Father God, I ask you in the name of Jesus, everyone whose hands is lifted and his heart is surrendered to you. Lord, I ask you that you'd ignite a passion and a desire that each one of us would be used in the gifts of the Spirit. There's a breakthrough coming. There is a breakthrough coming. It's being prophesied. Colin has prophesied it. This year is a year of breakthrough. Maybe it is today that your breakthrough is going to happen by you being available to God to be involved in ministering in the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are the toolkit to do the job. You've got to put that wrench in and unlock that door, put that key in and lock that door. Those are the gifts of the Spirit. Father God, in the name of Jesus, maybe we shied away from being bold and available to move in the gifts of the Spirit. Well, today, Lord God, we say we're available. We say you are Lord and we say, Lord God, use us in the name of Jesus, in the gifts of the Spirit. Let the gifts of the Spirit flow in our soul groups. Let the gifts of the Spirit flow in our families. Let the gifts of the Spirit even flow at work, Father God. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus, we give you all the glory and all the honor for what you're gonna do in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's give Jesus praise. God bless you guys.